0: Welcome to Raising Our Voices on 3CR. We're talking about COVID and mental health for people with disabilities this month. We have Lisa from Brain Injury Matters, Susan from Reinforce and Warren from Voice at the Table. Hi. 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 So how are you all feeling after seven months of isolation?
1: Really ready to get out there again. Really ready like
2: basting too <laughs> yeah um, hasn't made a lot of difference for me I'm pretty much a homebody to begin with you know I used to really enjoy those little half day trips to the other side of town to to see my friends and catch up with them and it's really hard to do that now obviously
0: yes absolutely Susan how are you feeling after seven months uh,
3: yeah a bit claustrophobic, you know like that you know, because I love to get out there and see the world and see people. That's just my nature. So not being able to get out is quite challenging. And we've been through the most hard of seven months. I'm not thinking I couldn't see my daughter. That's so, really tough. Other than her birthday, which was just a few weeks ago, The last time I'd seen her before that was in the period where we got that break of where we could go out and we both gave each other a really long hug and that's unusual for her because she doesn't usually like cuddles so everyone went, that's a cuddle that was waiting to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yeah, but then I have got to see her on her birthday because we worked out that I could go out of my 5Ks to see her, so. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I have to say, what I've are been... you doing? Yeah, I've been feeling really cooped up. I'm a homebody too. I don't get out much. Uh, I'm living with a disability and it does restrict what I'm able to do. Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling really cooped up and I I would like to see my family. That's what I'm missing the most, being able to see my family. Do you have everything you need where you're living?
2: I'm pretty lucky though. Being a homebody, I've already set myself up with everything I sort of need. Um, Like I'm a painter and so I've I've got my easel and my paints and my brushes set up in the lounge room and I just, when I'm in the mood, I just go and paint. It's great. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's
3: fantastic. Susan, how about you? Do, have you got everything you need at home? Yeah, um our real estate agents being a bit of a dick and using COVID to help him be a dick. Yes. Um, other than that though, I I'm like Warren and the others, I've got um all all um shops nearby.
0: You mentioned you're, you're having problems with your real estate. Have you contacted anybody about that to see if there's any help? I mean, I know consumer affairs are involved at the moment because there's been quite a few changes. There's been a moratorium, which means that no one can be evicted. Yeah. during COVID, And there's been some other changes too, like, uh, tenants are able to apply for a rent reduction. If they need it, consumer affairs have a, have a lot to do with that, and also the tenants' union.
3: Yeah, I guess trying to get in touch with someone who knows what they're talking about seems to be the problem I've got. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's difficult. The tenants' union are a good resource, and consumer uh-huh. affairs—they will be able to tell you what you might be able to do. Yeah. How are you feeling mental health-wise? I know the Australian Department of Health say when people physically distance and isolate, we can feel anxious, stressed and worried. And I know that the Australian Government has agreed to provide additional Medicare-subsidised psychological sessions for people subjected to further restrictions in areas impacted by COVID-19. I haven't all of Metro Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, it does. And also um, regional Melbourne, while there's been restrictions.
2: Um, with my brain injury, the anxiety and the stress and that it's very much the other way around when I'm I really feel them when I get in big crowds and things like that and when people are too close. So for me, having to isolate and socially distance. Is a blessing in some regards.
0: For me too, actually, I find that um, even though I'm missing my colleagues at work and and sharing a cup of coffee, seeing my family, things like that, I'm I'm still quite pleased that the lockdown restrictions are in place, because I think that if they weren't, I'd feel even more anxious. I've been looking at the news in countries overseas like America and seeing how many cases they have over there and how there's not as much restriction going on for the public. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm quite glad that I'm in Australia where I'm being kept safe, safer than having the kind of numbers that there are. And places like Sweden also, Sweden did not enforce really strong restrictions, but lockdown, and they have a lot higher numbers of cases and also of
1: deaths. How about you, Lisa? Now, they're really interesting numbers, but I'm afraid I don't see it so positively, only because of the the isolation thing, that, that we have to be kept away from everything and everybody. I kind of see it as a bit tyrannical. Fair enough. I mean, I see the point, but really, there's got to be another way. I mean, as human beings, we're social animals. And this is not at all social.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's the opposite.
3: Hmm.
0: Susan, how about you?
3: Yeah, I think I agree with everyone else. I've got, um, I reapplied for psychology and got it again. So I get my first appointment next Tuesday. So hopefully we can start getting it. Underway, and I'm also now on medication because they diagnosed me with severe depression, severe anxiety, and severe PTSD. But I guess, as I was saying, I guess staying at home sort of aggravates. I'm a bit opposite to Warren, staying mm. at home aggravates them things. Whereas I can get out and forget about it for a little while and see the world still evolves. And get some fresh air. Sorry, but I really miss that, the fact that we can go out and breathe. Yeah. For sure. you can go out for a walk now for two hours, I think. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just not the same.
2: No. No, it isn't. That, that five kilometer radius thing, that's the hard bit. Like, I don't know anyone that lives within that five kilometers from my house. Yeah, uh, Yes. So, and Where I live, so i like a main road full of cars all the time. So going for a walk isn't actually pleasurable. It's hard work.
1: It's a bit dangerous. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, would, I would love to have parks and creeks and things like that near me, but I think the closest sort of one that would be nice to walk in is about 10 k's away so (laughs) you know i'm really got that catch 22 thing happening
0: yeah absolutely i've been able to get out for short walks around where i live but i have wanted to go perhaps to the beach and i can't because that's out of my limit too so you're listening to 3CR, Raising Our Voices, 8.55 a.m. And today we're discussing COVID-19 and mental health, people with disability. It has been recommended, I've read, for mental health, uh, routine helps some people. I definitely find that it's been helping me to keep a routine, getting up in the morning, you know, doing different things on different days to try to make days different from one another rather than just the same every day but having some routine I find does help my mental health. What what
1: do you think? So I'm finding this particularly hard.
2: Yeah similar to Lisa, I've never been a big one for routines. The only routine I have is my medication routine. (laughs) Anything else I can do any old time but the meds have to be on certain hours
3: yeah Susan what about you yeah I guess I'm the same you know not really a routine sort of person um although you know saying that I've got my carers to come at the same times um you know I've got a uh, a work, work for another group that I run as well And, you know, so I I know I've got to be up for them. But other than that, I'll normally up at the same time anyway and they advise to take my medication around about the same time if I can. So I use dinner to do it because it's got to be with food. So, yeah. What about
0: making time for ourselves? Enough sleep, exercise, time to refresh and recharge?
1: What do you think about that? I try not to.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, been a long time since I've exercised.
1: Fair enough. I know, it's really pissing me off that gyms are still closed. Yeah. Not for any other reason, but it was a chance to go exercise, of course, because it, what everyone needs to. But it was a time that you didn't have to think of anything in particular. You could just go and think of whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah I know that feeling. I, I do, do that a lot with my painting. I'll I'll just disappear into it and nothing else gets in. Like the, I may have the news on or whatever, and it just washes over. It just becomes background noise. Mm. But, you know, going to the gym, you know, you've got that social aspect as well. And without that, that's, you know, the gym's pretty boring without the social bit, I think. Yeah, I think I
1: would agree with you there. I've been, um,
0: I've been trying to do some nice things for myself. Like, um, I've been cooking banana pancakes quite a lot for breakfast and I look forward to that. And I don't have to rush so much cause I'm not leaving the house to go on Amy. transport. Yeah. So I can take a bit longer in the morning. I like to take baths, you know, have a lot, a long hot bath, which I find really therapeutic. So I'm trying to make sure that I do that a few times a week and um, have enough rest. Think sleep is important to me. I, I have to sleep quite a bit to feel refreshed the next day. So those things, those things are helping me to feel like I'm taking care of myself.
3: Susan, what about you? Yeah, um, I find it hard to exercise. Anyway, you know, other than around my own home, um, I'm in a chair part time, so I guess, you know, that doesn't really worry me that much. Although I try and get out at least once a week and I meet someone in the park, and then we go for a walk, and then I come back, so I try to do that too once a week and I think that's helping as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds really nice.
3: Yeah. Is there
0: anything else that people are doing that is making a big difference?
2: For me it's been the the podcast I'm involved in. It just breaks up the monotony of being at home all the time, which is where I used to like jump on the train and disappear for half a day and, and visit someone. Whereas now I've got this extra thing to do and it's, you know, it's fairly relaxed like we're doing at the moment. It's basically having chats with people. So it's good.
0: Yeah. That, that sounds like something I would definitely enjoy. I'm, I have to say I've been eating a lot more chocolate than usual and that is getting me through.
1: (laughs) I think that's part of being isolated. (laughs) Yeah.
0: If I couldn't have chocolate, I'm not sure I'd be coping as well.
1: You've got to laugh the cocoa bean. <laughs>
2: I've got a good collection of menu log bags now.
0: <laughs> Keeping the um the food industry going.
2: Yeah. I think there's an art piece in the the stack of bags I've got. <laughs> yeah. What was isolation like for you? And just a big wall of bags. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think we should go to a song now.
2: I'm Still Standing, the mental health and isolation themes.
0: All right. I'm Still Standing by Elton John.
3: You just fit
0: Raising Our Voices, 8.55am. And today we're talking about COVID and mental health people with disabilities. We've got Lisa from Brain Injury Matters, Susan from Reinforce, and Warren from Voice at the Table. We've been talking about some things that help or don't help during COVID for mental health. We were just discussing about making enough time for sleep, exercise, time to refresh. What about getting support? I remember Susan, you mentioned just a bit earlier that you were able to access the extra Medicare sessions the government subsidising for um, for mental health during COVID. I'm considering doing that myself. Has anybody sought any other kind of support or considered it or suggested it to others?
1: Um, the psychological help available, well, for me personally, but it's usually over the phone, and I don't. I, I don't see that as being of any
2: psychological help at all. Okay. Yeah. I'm similar to Lisa. I have real troubles with the telephone. Um, a lot of my brain injuries on the left-hand side, that ten, tends to be where I put the phone. So it, I just have something that close to me when I'm listening. I know it sounds silly, but, it, but that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Right. Having the help on the phones, just not cutting it. No. I don't mind having the help on the phone because I have mobility problems getting to appointments and things like that. I prefer having appointments on the phone. I prefer that I can have doctor's appointments through telehealth. And um, it's a problem though for something like physio. You can't do have a physio appointment over the phone. You <laughs> need <laughs> physio. <laughs> And I have needed physio and I just haven't been able to access it. Yeah. I do know that there's other kinds of support. Beyond Blue, for example, offer mental health support. Uh, Lifeline are open. Over the open. phone though, right? Over the phone, that's the thing. Because we're still having to social distance. We're still having to, I do, I do recall seeing though, while reading the information that some organisations will do face to face. If it's if it's absolutely necessary, they will. If a person explains that over the phone's just not gonna be right for whatever reason, that's valid. Yeah. It's just a matter of keeping those hygiene practices in place, wearing a mask, all of that. And you know, doctors as well, GPs appointments, some sometimes you just need To see a doctor and have, you know, or go to the hospital. Same thing.
2: Yeah, I've been getting like a whole lot of blood work done because there's something wrong in my blood. And the blood specialists, they only want to do telehealth. And I really struggle with that because I don't always understand what they're saying. Ah, yes. Because they're on the telephone, so they're talking quickly like they would to someone they know. And I, I just can't absorb that sort of information that quick.
0: So you would have to ask people to slow down. Can you
1: say that again? Yeah.
2: Yep. Mm, that but it's would be also be a matter
1: of um, body language.
2: Yes. Yes. You
1: sometimes need to see the body. Well, you know, kind of witness the body language. Mm, totally. I mean, that's a that's a large part of communication. Mm, exactly. And it's a part of my pride that's not covered by telehealth. That's true. What have been some of the biggest challenges, would you say,
0: during this time for mental like health? seeing people? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Not seeing my family has been really, really hard.
1: Like even seeing strangers. So the first time I, I did my walk in the morning, I walked out and like I saw this person. I don't know who they were, just that person, and I thought, "Oh my God, I'm looking at, at another human being." Yeah, I understand that. I personally think all the challenges will come up when we finish with this isolation stuff, getting back onto public transport, becoming
0: societal again. Yeah, yeah, seeing people, being in crowds,
2: that sort of thing. Yeah, I know I think- that would be. Sorry. I know that would be the biggest ones for me is when things start opening up again. And as soon as there was that inkling of things opening up in the middle, to you know, remember when things opened for yeah. a couple of days, and people just went nuts. They were crowding all the shops, and it was just strange. Imagine what yeah. they're going
1: to be like now.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, This one-and-a-half-metre
1: distancing thing is just not going to be there. No. There's not going to be enough room.
2: (laughs) I definitely feel
1: anxious about that topic.
2: Yeah. I think that's when I'm going to be at my most vulnerable.
0: Susan, what about you? Have you had any particular kinds of
3: challenges? Uh, I think like the others, um, you know, having to do my doctor's appointments over the phone. You know, not being able to show my doctor anything because they can't see it over the phone. You know, they're like, can you describe it? And because I've got an intellectual disability, it's harder for me to describe something to someone. Um, and, and the same as everyone else, you know, um, because of my ID. I don't know how people realise but I say my form of ID at least, I mean ID can be a big bracket, my form, I believe, um, acts a lot like um, brain injury. So, you know, I'm having to say, slow down, what was that? Or what does that word mean? Or, or what word did they say? I'm like I can't pronounce it, let alone, <laughs> so yeah, but How frustrating. But I was really happy that when I was, you know, when I was doing my own sort of finding out which psychologist I could see who would bolt Bill, I managed to find somebody and they actually said, oh, do you prefer over the phone or um, like a Zoom thing? And I said, Like a Zoom thing, because at least you can see if the person's listening or if they're just like off in their la-la land. Yes, definitely. Doing their
2: own thing.
3: Yeah. Anything else? The period of not seeing my daughter, I think, made me really anxious. You know, um, she had a really rough year before I moved closer to her. Um, And that made me feel so bad that I couldn't do anything for her. That is really tough. Um, You know, she had had her father pass away as well as found out she's got a um, lupus. So, you know, it's just like, you know, I felt like I wasn't there to support her through that, through finding a lot, well, You know, everyone said Happy New Year because she found it out right at the New Year. I was like, yeah, let's Uh... so for us it wasn't really a Happy New Year. It was, you know, and I think it was extra challenging on me because I wasn't anywhere near the area, so I wasn't able to go to all the appointments. That would have
0: been so difficult
3: yeah, to be wanting to provide that
0: support and not being able to.
3: Yeah, yeah. And not understanding it. So, you know, and I still don't understand it, but I guess I'm very lucky. She's a very, she's just turned 12 and I say turned 12 around 21. She's a very adult 12. So she can tell me now what she needs. But to me, it's not the same. I don't know if any of your parents, but it's not the same as, you know, not being able to provide that support and know what support to provide. And, you know, so in a way, I'm glad that she's with her grandmother, because I think, you know, with ISO as well, that would have just tipped me over the edge, but I'm hearing from my grandmother and it's really good because she's got to go for frequent appointments. You know, even though her her grandmother's told them about me, I think I just want to hear them say it for myself, that it's got nothing to do with me. Yes, Uh, for sure. My head is like, I just don't want the specialist to think I don't care that I'm a mother that doesn't care so but at the moment only one parent or one carer can go so only her grandmother can go at the moment which is a bit annoying but you know I just
0: yeah for
3: sure
0: Sure. yeah that sounds really tough Susan is there anything that you you're all looking forward to more than anything else when things ease up when the restrictions ease up when we can have some resemblance of
2: life before COVID. for me it would be um probably the same as susan being able to see my daughter again on a regular basis
0: for me definitely seeing my family and having hugs
2: with my family
1: for me freedom
3: (laughs)
0: being able to do what you want when you want
1: exactly Just being
2: free. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this in the past that, you know, isolation hasn't really affected the way I do things, but not having that option to be able to go out and do what you want.
1: That's what I mean. That's the
2: hardest bit.
1: Does anybody know when it's come to an end?
2: (laughs) I wish I could tell. I
0: wish I could have something to say about that. You're listening to 3CR, Raising Our Voices, 8.55 a.m. And today we've been talking about COVID-19 and mental health for people with disabilities. We've had Lisa Brumtis, Susan Arthur and Warren Lureham. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to next month's show. Stay tuned. And thank you to our guests for coming on and sharing
1: your stories today.
2: Thank you. It's been
0: really Thank good
1: to you. see you. It's see really again. nice to see you too, uh, <laughs> to see all of you. It's been great.
3: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.